Hello everyone and welcome back to the Gallant Podcast. I remain your host, Michael David. This is episode of the Educational System. And on this episode, we continue our discussion about the educational system in Nigeria and how it varies from all that parts of the world. So if this is your first time on the Gallant Podcast, I would recommend you start from the first episode so you can get to understand how the conversation has started and all. On the show, our guests remain the same. Denny from England, Samidesh from Finland, Chioma from Canada and Maxim from Ireland. So let's jump right in. Even, even in my class, even the classes I had that were online, uh, obviously they knew that they knew the stress that the, the COVID brought to learning, and you know they tried to kind of like distress the situation. They give us like breaks, and they tell you go have a cup of tea, go and go have some coffee, come back. And sometimes when they see uh, that, especially classes that are like uh, towards the end of the day, and they feel like people are already. You know, and you know, in, in winter it gets really dark really fast. Around three o'clock, everywhere is dark, so they know that there's still even ginger to do anything again. So you see those people that teach at like evening classes or like uh, five to seven or three to five, they tend to speed it up because they know that there's no point being a lecturer come to teach for two hours, thirty minutes, or three hours, and people are not learning anything. You just wasted both your time and the time of the students. But if you know that you can. Encapsulate what you want to teach within one or thirty minutes, even though your class is originally two hours, but you give them that thirty minutes just because you know that there is no point. It's just going to be a waste of time for both the students and the teacher. And then they try to like rush it because first of all, it's online. Second, they know that people have jobs and people have families. It's that time that the kids, or you know, it's a it's a post grad studies. You know, it's not it's not a lot of people that are doing that married. They have children. You know, you can't expect that level of attention, especially when it's in the evening. You understand so i feel like when you put in the when you consider all those things it makes um learning uh very very you know it makes learning proper unlike some other places uh, or like let's say nigeria they don't they don't they just think that learning is coming to classroom and learning and going there's so much more that that makes people learn better and it's not just sitting um look, listen to one lecturer read from his notes and you copying notes i like why should i be copying notes as an adult in class and and you are reading notes you are dictating send this thing to an email let's go and read but no guy guy you, you are reading jurisprudence you are reading what plato said what socrates said it makes no sense like one time anytime i think about it i'm like why did i do all those things in uni at 500 level you are, you are reading what is inside your notes you are reading it out to me to rewrite that's what we do for the entire two hours in the class when you can send me the article Oh, God. Oh, God. Send me the website. Send, Send me, me the website. Even Give if you don't want to send that school. Give me the link. We, I've never, for the for the entire time I was in, in uni, I never saw any video presentation, no YouTube video. And at the end of the day, you'll find out that there's so much knowledge on YouTube. Some of our lecturers here, they post in the link, they post about five, four, even sometimes they post about eight different YouTube videos. They are learning about segmentation and targeted. There's so many yeah. videos that talk about it, and they post it for you to go and see. But and it it gives you like a real life um explanation as to how um these big brands are doing it. So this is how 
um, McDonald's is doing the segmentation. This is ah, how yeah. other things like does that. Like taking the same course. <laughs> yes, sir. You learn, you learn all those things. But then you are you are learning marketing in Nigeria, and they're just asking you list five types of list the factors you look for in segmentation, bro. That's not what you should be asking. You should be asking the students to actually do segmentation for a particular product, and not just be asking hypothetical questions because these people will not learn, and that's why you will finish. Uh, that's why you will study uh, uh, like a course that's very, very practical in nature. I don't want to use computer science again, but like botany or something. And then the, the person cannot actually solve real situations with botany. If I ask you for something and you cannot just, you just know that, um, you just know the botanical names of seeds. You just know that Amaranthus class produce is something, something. Bro, that's not the knowledge that I want you to have. That's not why I pay your school fees. It's not for you to learn botanical names. It's for you to actually learn how to use those leaves to actually solve real-life problems. And that's the problem with Nigerian education. The, when the mission and vision is off, when you don't know what you are teaching people for, then the entire purpose of education is futile. You don't know why people are going to school, and that's the problem. School is no longer vocational in Nigeria. It's a means to an end. It's that's like true. when you finish secondary school, go to university. You have to like, yeah. Exactly. It's not, it's not a vocation, but schooling should be vocational. Like, if I'm going to yeah, learn yeah, how to sure. broadcast, let me come out of that school and I, let me have broadcast something. If I'm learning, I want to be, want to be an architect. I, do, I want to be an architect when I leave the school. Don't just teach me what is a socialist triangle and all those nonsense. So that's the problem that I feel that the Nigerian education has, that the mission and vision is not accurate. Once they, if they don't change that, the Nigerian education will still become, will still remain stagnant or probably just even relegate. Yeah, and yeah. Track, track, for, for the benefit of the okay, sorry. Okay, I wanted to say for the benefit of the listeners, people that will listen to this podcast, they should know, however, that schooling abroad is it's still tough, or it is tough because you know we are coming from a different place and everything. It's still tough, so many courses, so many assignments and projects and stuff like that. But it's the kind of it's a soft kind of tough, cannot be compared to Nigeria. Because, yeah, I like to tell people the truth that it's not easy. In fact, when people call me most of the time, oh, what's up now? What are you doing? I'm always working on an assignment. I'm always creating something or doing one project or the other. So it's it's difficult, but not the useless kind of difficult like Nigeria, where it's just difficult for nothing. They're just suffering you. And the end of the day, you're not really getting out of it. It's true now. It's just difficult for nothing. Lecturers are just making your life hard. But at the end of the day, when you graduate, you can't really... Some people cannot really do anything with their certificate or they don't really learn anything. But here you are suffering, but you are learning. I don't even want to use suffering because it's not really so fashionable. Because you still have like some positive no, I, 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 benefits. No, you, you are, you're actually spot on. I, I think it, it's good you brought up this point. Because people need to understand it's not active. Like, you know, we've been talking and then maybe some people think you just go across your leg and it will just fall on your lap. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, like, it's it's it serious work, of course. It's, it's hard work. But the, the, the difference is they want you to succeed. They will give you everything you need to succeed. And then it's left for you to succeed. You get? Yeah. But Nigeria is different. They want you to fail. They won't give you what you need to succeed. And then it's left for you to try to succeed. So that's so I think that's just the biggest difference because um, back in school, like before I graduated, and and you know this also goes to the point of you know practicality and and, and all that. Like there was, there was a there was a startup 
in, in Finland. So there's this um, tech company. They were building an electric car. And I was in a group, so were like three of us who were, you know, were about to do our, our thesis and project at the time. So our, our job was to help that company write, you know, proposals and do research and assignment. And our thesis and our project would be about helping that company enter the Asian and some European markets, like life company. So of course, this is our own thesis, which could have just been something, just write theory and pass. But this is like life thesis for a life company who has life staff and, you know, real budget and all that, right? So, yes. we, so they sense. gave us, you know, they gave us like, okay, this is the company's mission. This is what we're trying to do with this electric cars. So we were there from beginning of the project to the end of the project, and they implemented some of those things we wrote, and it's now the success or failure or whatever that would determine our own grade. Yeah. You know, so so that's the practicality of studying abroad. So it's not as if it's all rosy, rosy, like we're saying. Of course, it's rosy, but you know, just to back up your point. It's not, <laughs> it's not like oh, it's very feet. tough, it's very tough. Yeah, it's exactly. very tough. But it's to get so excellent results, you need to put in a lot of effort. They won't just yeah. say because, uh, you know, they, they want to make your learning easy. You cannot do like a mediocre work, that's the difference between them and, and yeah, the yeah, true, true. your referencing must think... be on point. You must critically evaluate, you can't describe when they want you to, you know, evaluate. And I think that yeah. studying here has also taught me how to write a proper paper. Like in Nigeria, we're just writing nonsense. There was no, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, like in Nigeria, my entire project, I feel like when I read my project again, after I'd done like my, my uh, dissertation here, I just, I just realized I did nonsense. There was just a lot of description, no evaluation, no, in fact, even the peer review documents I used were just, you know, nonsense. You know, it's like, let me just be you know, easy on myself, but it was nonsense. And I think that a lot of people don't, they, a lot of the lecturers, they, they just don't tell you how to write. They don't teach you how to write. And that's where a lot mm -hmm. of us come here and the first um, coursework that we do or, you know, we have problems with it because even even how to reference is not taught properly. It was until I got here, I knew there were different types of referencing, uh, Harvard uh, or Scholar or whatnot. I never even knew. I just, yeah, 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 yeah. I just used to put anything. I just, they didn't teach us. How can I be a lawyer writing articles from Nigeria? And I didn't know about the Scholar style of referencing mm -hmm. for lawyers <laughs> globally. It doesn't make sense. Let's be, let's be honest with each other. We, they don't teach us how to write academic writing in, in that country. We just write. Oh, you imagine just my write. shock when they say like you children. have to put reference, in-text citation. In-text citation, the, all of that. And there's a different oh. way you do for online sources. There's a way you do for newspaper. There's a way you do mm -hmm. for... Yeah, you know, all of that. All so, that. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it builds, your, it builds you because those people, they look for all those things. You might think they read those lines yes, one so. after the other. Yeah, yes. they look at it. I have my lecturers that, they that deduct annotate. They for it. Yeah, they will tell you this source. You didn't get this from this source. You got this from a mm -hmm. book that quoted that source. So you just, you know, they know these things. And then it, it pushes you to be better. So it's not easy in itself. But then the only thing is that once you put effort into something, you are going to see the results. No one is yeah. no one is after you. No one is saying um, A is for Allah, A is B for is God. for me, and C is for... <laughs> no, stupid. It's very stupid. Oh, can everybody it's stupid. have A in this course? You didn't see. No, it's stupid. It's stupid. So that's the thing. I don't know why you be like I was in hundred level then, and then I, I we had this course, and then this man walked in. He was he wore white and black, and then he sat down amongst us in the class, and he just kept quiet. He allowed people make noise, and then when it was his time, he just you know he walked from the back of the class and walked to the front. 
and it's like and it's like uh okay uh, i've been listening to your conversation i am the lecturer blah blah introduced himself and he said well that it seems that we are just fresh from secondary school and that we're coming we're cocky you know we're coming with that can do attitude and that you should just let us know that there is nobody in this class that's going to get an a and there's nobody in this class that will get a b you see from that c to f is what people should struggle and scramble for and can imagine yeah and then it takes pride in the fact that you carry over people that are going to come and write with you like in the zone exams so we have like a big ass hall in in uh, last today we call it mba hall. that you know that hall is very big he said his own exams when you want to do the receipts they cannot use normal classrooms they have to use mba hall because people that have people that failed to come out that come to write with you they're like times two and then i thought it was a joke until i saw someone that was receipting with me and i saw his matric number and me i entered uh, university in 2010 so my my uh my matrix started with 10 something and then i looked at this person and this person had like oh oh is it like oh four oh five i'm like bro you can't be telling me you're still repeating this course since since 2005 that i've been in this school it is it is horrible it is horrible thinking about it was the man not even giving himself stress that's what like more, more i'm telling you like it was his joy you said it was his joy it was his joy that people were coming back to write exams hey. and all of that so another one person go they say i have the best father in the world so you know it's, it's it's ridiculous we had, had a lot of sadistic lecturers and lecturers. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I left i left i left um nigeria 2010 i left um OAU at the time and there was one of my friends i left in 300 level it was in 200 and that was 2010 it was in 200 in 2010. this guy graduated from ife in 20 this is 2021 now yeah he graduated from ife yeah. in 2020 that was last year 10 years how many years was it what and, and i'm serious and it was because of one course because of one lecture so of course he left school he was working in lagos and he goes back to ife to do exam and you can imagine he goes to to write exams he is going to he passes the exam and then the lecturer will fail him because you didn't attend 90% of lectures or whatever. How do you expect possible? someone that is working in Lagos to attend mm -hmm. even 30% of your lectures in Ife? How does that work? Mm. And then this guy was stuck in one position in his office because he doesn't have a certificate to work with. You get so they promote his juniors and he's still mm. on the same spot just because one lecturer wouldn't let him graduate and this guy keeps writing the same exam keeps passing the same exam keeps getting failed by the same lecturer and there's nothing even the hod of the department or the vc of the school could do about it hmm. until that last year it was the lecturer that decided inside his own art to maybe have punished this boy enough and then Passed him the past seven, I think it was like 50 or something. It was how this let my people go great. That is how crazy hmm. the system in Nigeria is. Ah, oh, Nigeria. And you can imagine if this guy was lucky to even have a job because the boss mm -hmm. was someone that he worked for while he was while he was in 300 level or something. So the guy employed him based on I know you, I know you're competent. But he couldn't promote him because there's nothing to back it up. You don't have a certificate. And he just mm -hmm. left him working. So he's earning that status salary. He has a child. He's married. 
and one lecturer did not let you graduate. So you can imagine that kind of sadistic behavior. And there are many people like that. Because I remember back in the days when I was an IFE, there were some students, you won't know how to greet them. Maybe you should frustrate, <laughs> or you should just pretend like you didn't see them. Because it's it's crazy. I, I was in IFE in late 2000s, right? So 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. There were people, their matric number, whatever, was having 1994. What? <laughs> <laughs> 1994. Oh. So, so that is the madness of the Nigerian system. There's this particular that... person. I won't mention the name, but this guy has been so long in the school that the e-portal does not allocate his room to anyone and he doesn't even pay for a room again so that room is share his own in the old school because this guy has been in ife since the 90s that's how crazy the educational system in nigeria is and the vc cannot even say this is madness but why would Probably a professor teaching a course since 1994 to whenever like why one professor have the monopoly for one course in my college here the professor that taught me in my first semester are not the same. They're not taking the same course the next semester teaching the new sets. Do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they shuffle them. Who is teaching marketing? Who is teaching me digital? Whatever this semester, it's not going to teach that same course for the next set coming. Like, man, imagine somebody just sitting on your progress since 1994. Like, why? Yeah, it's it's, Make it it's crazy. It's really ridiculous. Um, um, guys, I wanted us to talk about like the admission processes to even enter in Nigerian university because here I've been able to do this research. I've been able to talk to a lot of people that after like a long while they have still had difficulties and entering. And I think people that will say they have been writing jam for six years and then go the testimony they are just entering. Or before they graduated, they knew how long right would jump and stuff like that. And um, for our international um, audience, because of the kind of numbers we get now, um, jump is a body that is responsible for administering similar projects, similar examinations for applicants in Nigeria that want to get into private and public investment. So jump. My point is, yeah. So my point now is. So my point now is important how much do you do you feel now that you are outside do you feel jam is necessary do you see that something like I think, I think the worst i think is the worst thing created uh for me my <laughs> problem with jam no to, but my problem with jam is that is now it's not it's looking more like a money making scheme and why i say this is that for every time they they, they bring new regulation and they bring you know, first of all, the, for the concept that you, you cannot use, you cannot reuse your jam results in itself is very, very, is is bad. That's one. The second one is that you are now restricted to choosing certain schools, especially if you are not going to be like a private university and you want to go to like a public university. You are restricted to choosing two schools. I don't know if it's one now or, or so, you know, they were saying something about that. My problem yeah, is people apply to a plethora of universities abroad. It just depends on who is going to take you. No one is capping how many universities you can because it's very depressing where you finish your secondary school and then you are only you are forced to apply to just only two universities because and then some of the universities too will say because they are not first choice they are not even going to consider you at all. 
it doesn't make sense. Let people enter based off of merit. You can apply to as many mm -hmm. schools as you want. There are people that I know that will apply to 10 universities and they will they eventually get into one. If you, I mean, you watch American movies, you, you will even after they get their SAT results, they start to apply to universities. They can get rejected by nine, but one will get them. But imagine if they are to stick to just one or two yearly. So immediately you miss that out. So you get like a 250 in your jam. You miss that out. That's one year of you being out of the educational frenzy. You know, even to read books, self, it's not even going to switch you. So you are out of the educational system for an entire year. You go and write jam, you get a 180. You have already reduced your chances of getting universities or getting certain courses. And then you try again, but you don't get it because you are still what they are still forcing you to. And not everyone has the, the money to go to private universities to get very good education. Do you understand? So you still want to try to get to the public universities that have you know relatively cheaper tuition, but then you cannot because you are you have been forced to write jump every year. For every year that you 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 know, for every year that you didn't get into university. So I, I don't understand the concept. You know, someone needs to explain to me why you must rewrite jam. Does it mean that your 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 knowledge is depreciating every one year and you need to like retest it? Or well, because if not, why are they not making people write WAIC? It's not the same exam. It's not it's exam, not exam. Why are they not making people write WAIC every year? If that's the case, then once you don't enter university, let's rewrite WAIC. Because it doesn't make sense for me to rewrite jump every year. And then you also, you, also, you also cap the amount of schools that I can apply to. And that's why people are just roaming the streets. And uh, students that are brilliant, that is not even as if they didn't get in because of their brilliance. They are getting, they didn't get in because people have taken a senator's list. And then, you know, the, the one that you're trying, the course you're trying to manage still, uh, you, you can't get in because you didn't choose them for, for as, as the first choice. And then they are going to do the um, quota, the, the quota system too. I want to put in some people that are not deserving just because of where they're from. And then they will now do based on where you are from again. So Lagosians find it easier to enter Unilag and uh, because they will do the catchment area. I don't know if they, if they call it that now. Yeah, yeah. But by the time you think about it, it makes no sense. I'm already getting angry, so I will stop talking. Oof. Uh. No, I, I think, I think <laughs> the answer for that is actually very straightforward. The problem is Nigeria. The problem is greed. The problem is the system. That is why you can you have jam. Jam should be education, whatever, right? Jam should be a board that sets exams for students to get into the university. Yes, like the SATs. Yeah. Exactly. But the government that be whatever they've turned it to a money making money making scheme. So that right. is why you see jam putting out statements and being proud about how much profit they make and how much money they remit to the government yearly. Mm. And the head of JAMP is um, one of the main criteria for appraising him for, for the government, I mean the president or whoever is, or minister of education or whatever, to say, okay, this guy is doing a good job or this guy is doing a it's good by job. by making profits. Is oh. by how much money he's remitting into the government's coffers. Is that not so madness? that kind of person would definitely want more people to write it here so that they can be more money to steal and more money to give the government and they can say he's doing a good job not by how many people are failing or passing so you can see where the problem lies so when you say let's say you now say ah, okay we'll see you i think the, this thing is actually in um, on the floor of the house i'm not sure i think they're trying to extend the shelf uh, shelf life of jam results uh, I think they're trying to extend to like two or three years. I'm not exactly sure, but I think 
it's on the floor of the house. But you can just imagine when you turn an exam that should be okay, students enter school, you've turned it to money making venture. So automatically, they want to make more money now. So, see, that's why I said everything we've been talking about, it's still a function of how. Sorry for using that language. The Nigerian society is. Yeah, it's because even SATs last at least three years, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if they extend it to three years for jam, it makes sense. You can't, one year is too short. When it's even IELTS, even as I say, they are stealing money still. At least you can see it for two years. One year is not, it's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. It doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. What is the use of jam if after, at the end of the day, when you now go for admission, they rather pick somebody with catchment area, somebody at an indigenous and leave you. Nah, out. That's the thing. Now. They're just trying to jam is just like the it's just like Desha said. It's the it's the board. It's the board that's you know once you are leaving university, you need that. It's just like the SATs or the UK the the A levels. You know you need that thing that you need that you do that is going to transform you from that's going to transport you from that stage from secondary to tertiary education. I'm not against jam. I'm not against the concept of jam. But my, my own is that now it's no longer about education. Like just I said, it's about exactly. profit. I want to make something a profit-making venture. You don't care who, who you hurt. It's not capitalism. It's, it's no longer, uh, you know, how people are, how people feel because it's, a lot of students are thrown into misery just because of, you know, uh, catchment area, just because they didn't get the course they want. Imagine not getting the course you want in that year. Probably you wanted medicine, you go back and you say, okay, let me stay at home one year. And then you now write the jam. You now got less, lesser than the initial one you got. That's even just, you will have just even taken the back from day one and, you know, moved on with your life. And no, no room for transfer. Even universities, yeah, you can't transfer courses. You can't transfer universities easily. It's not a thing. It's, it's alien to us. Everything is just war in that country. <laughs>